Welcome to The Real Photo Show. My guest today is Juliana Foster. Juliana is an artist and assistant professor of photography. And at the time we were recording, the interim program director of photography at the University of the Arts. But uh, as you'll hear in the episode, she was also in the process of searching for her replacement at the time. Uh, We have a fantastic conversation about teaching. Juliana has some really great insight into how to get students to talk about their work, you know, how to teach the process of critique, which is, you know, one of the most difficult parts uh, when you teach photography, when you teach art. And I just love the way she handles that. I'm definitely going to incorporate some of what she does uh, when I'm teaching as well. Um, Also, Juliana has some really interesting assignments, including a genealogy assignment, which helps her students explore their artistic influences. And she uses poetry to inspire her students to write more about their work, which, like speaking about their work, is another area where visual arts students tend to struggle. We also talk about Juliana's current work, Geographical Lore, which explores the idea of landscape and environmental photography through the use of a variety of materials that creates this kind of sculptural layered image, which creates a more abstract representation of the landscape, highlighting its fragility and its fluidity. Juliana was a guest on our Artist Talk Third Thursdays with Heather Palasek and Habib Suwab to talk about that work, and I posted a link to that in the show notes. And this work was just included in a show by Strange Fire Collective and Humble Arts Foundation called Four Degrees, Eco-Anxiety, and Climate Change. And I've linked to that in the show notes as well. Of course, Real Photo Show is sponsored by the Charcoal Book Club, a monthly subscription service and a fantastic way to start or add to your photo book collection. If you join now, you can still get Rauber by Josh Kern. Rauber is the story of two estranged half-brothers reconnecting through photography. But if a monthly book service is not within your budget, you can still visit charcoalbookclub.com and purchase books from their shop while they're still available. All right, everyone. My guest again is Juliana Foster. Uh, Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show, and we will talk soon. Welcome, Juliana Foster. Thank you for uh, being here. Thank you for having me. It's great to to share some time with you today. You're currently interim director of the photography program at University of the Arts in Philly? Yeah, that's correct. I am the interim director, assistant professor. I've been teaching in the program since 2006. I was an adjunct mm. for about eight years and took on a full-time role there in 2016. And our leader, um, wonderful Ann Massoni, um, <laughs> Stepped down and, and moved on from UArts, mm-hmm. um, and so there was an opportunity for um, you know for me to come in for for as an interim for a year, and right. it just happened that you know during COVID and school went remote and it all happened last August yeah. and <laughs> we've been just trucking along since. So that was an interesting time to take over a program. It was, <laughs> it, it really was. But there's a good team to work with there. I've got really mm-hmm. great photo faculty and. It was a really, you know, great collaborative moment for all of us to come together. So, it, you know, it worked out. It worked out well, as, yeah, as well good. as it could. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you were recently on our third Thursday's talk with uh, the gallery I run, the JKC Gallery. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and you pre presented your work on geographical lore. Is that right? Yes, uh, that's that the was. title, right? Yeah. And I thought, um, as a way of introducing you a little bit as a photographer, we could talk about some of that work before we get into the, the teaching part of the show. Mm -hmm. If people want to take a deeper dive into the work, they should visit jkcgallery.online because we have the video from that third Thursday talk. Okay. Uh, but but I think um, it would be interesting to you know let the audience know a little bit about that because I think it speaks to you know who you are as an artist, right? Yeah, I think so. This project geographical lore started um, you know about two years ago. I was on a road trip with a friend and we were traveling out west in the United States, and you know I I wouldn't say that I'm a landscape photographer, but <laughs> but there was something about that that particular landscape that that really excited me, and I was so fascinated and curious about it, and. You know, I take my camera, I take a lot of photographs, I take, you know, I use various cameras. And so I wasn't really considering that that would be my next project. It was just a way of, of documenting our experience and, and what I was seeing and sort of being in these, you know, incredible spaces out West. And um, when I came back into my studio, you know, I just responded to the work and I, I tend to want to work very tactile. You know, I, I work with mm. a Holga camera. Um, I love analog and film. It, it's something that, you know, I'm shooting digital, digitally and analog at the same time. <laughs> and so I just wanted to respond to the, to the physicality of that experience, you know, trying to trace it back to those moments of being in those, you know, magnificent, huge landscapes and those right. landforms. And so geographical lore sort of came from that. And some of my previous work is is based around narrative and storytelling. I make books, make artist books. I've worked with video and sequencing. So, you know, to work in a in a new way, thinking in terms of photo as object was something that, you know, geographical lore is doing or has yeah, done. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I can I could trace some of the history of photography in that work. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> right? absolutely. I yeah. think I think from, you know, Stieglitz's equivalence idea of providing a kind of abstract experience of nature, mm -hmm. um, I could see a little um, Robert Adams and Richard Misrock sort of um, re-examining the beauty of, of that great Western landscape. Yeah, absolutely. Through human impact. Yeah. Yeah, it, does, I think that, yeah, yeah, it is ahead. about the human impact. And I think mm -hmm. it's, you know, you know, I think an environment understanding, you know, what, what we're dealing with, with climate crisis. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think it, it's a certainly a reflection of, of some of that too. So, right. Yeah. And, and then I was also thinking a little bit about, you know, Lola Alvarez Bravo and, and Graciela Turbidez mm -hmm. creating a more sort of fantastical idea of landscape and nature and the, the, the people, you don't have people in your work uh, necessarily, but, but the idea of their work deals more with preservation of, of culture when it with people, but yours is a kind of preservation of nature, right? It is a preservation of sorts. And I think that, you know, it's, it's a, a remembering the past, like understanding history mm -hmm. of place and or learning about the history of place and then responding to it in a contemporary current moment, you know, and right. blending, blending those two ideas together is really what I what my hopes are when I'm working with this series. And just to kind of the investigation, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a new, there's a newness to it for me. Mm -hmm. um, this is a new subject matter, I would say, over the last year or two. And previously, I've, I've been really uh, motivated and intrigued with cinema. And I've recreated, you know, narrative mm. and cinematic sequences in my work. And I think this is, it, 
really allowed me to move in a new direction. And I'm, there's a discovery in that, you know, through that process. And, and the, and the work is, is a bit sculptural too, right? There's a a dimensionality to the, to the pieces you make. Yeah, it is. I think that kind of goes back to my beginnings with photography. You know, I would say in the early nineties when I discovered uh, photography and, and, (laughs) <laughs> what I was interested in and wanted to do with it, you know, the first thing I did was uh, liquid light. I remember I oh, found liquid yeah. light in a dark room and I worked at a community center and I was able to use the dark room there. And, you know, I was just putting liquid light on everything and exploring <laughs> it and Polaroid transfers and emulsion lifts. And there was always a tactile materiality, you know, photo as source material for me. And, and then over the years, it's shifted, you know, I've moved in different directions with it. I've you know, also been very documentary in the way that I approach photography through series of works. So I think it just depends on what the concept is, what mm. I'm trying to say with the work. Almost always, you know, the photography is at the heart of all of it. The photographic image somehow, whether it's sculptural, whether it's a book, whether it's a video sequencing, you know, I was just watching Chris right. Marker's La Jetée and, um, you know, just love that film so much and go back to it often because, you know, it's a, it's a sequencing of events that that's, you know, an imagined space that's all made up of, of still photography, you know, it's hmm. just, it's pretty profound to me. You, you got your, you received your MFA in book arts and printmaking from the University of Arts. Yes. Um, and your BFA, and I was going to say, I, I can hear it a little bit in your voice uh, from the University of North Carolina. Were you, were you born in North Carolina? Yeah. <laughs> I know that Southern drawl comes out every once in a while. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I grew up in North Carolina and um, I went to University of North Carolina at Greensboro and got a BFA mm. in um, design and then, you know, was in the workforce for several years. I, you know, as I mentioned, I started teaching in the late nineties in community, in a community center in North Carolina and, that oh, really okay. sparked my my love of teaching. I worked with, you know, various students in different environments from community cultural centers to outreach programs, public schools, and various students from different economic backgrounds, social, cultural. Mm-hmm. They ranged in ages. So I had a really, that was a good sort of beginning for me in my teaching. And it happened in North Carolina. And then I moved to Philly in, I don't know, 2003. I found you arts and I started teaching in the continuing education program. And I taught oh, for, okay. Yeah. I taught photography and I also worked in the pre-college programs, uh, digital photography and, and darkroom intro mm-hmm. to photography and really loved that and did that for years. Found the, the MFA book arts printmaking program and was able to teach and, you know, go to, go to grad school. And so that was a great combination for me. Yeah, And I, I finished my degree in 2006 and then started teaching in the photo program and then various other programs at UArts for the next decade. Huh. <laughs> so, yeah, not just photography. I taught in right. the, the MFA studio art program and foundations, which was the first year. I thought I had read somewhere that you also had experience or learned or taught at a community college. Is that the same thing? Is that what you're referring I, to? I did. I, um, well, I, I went to a community college. I got an associate oh. degree in visual arts. So that was my introduction to Yay, my education. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had a really great experience. I was the only one that graduated that year with an associate in visual art. I sort wow. of carved out <laughs> my own path. <laughs> but the cultural center, uh, it was in North Carolina. It was in Winston-Salem and it was called, oh, it's, okay. it's called the Sawtooth Center. It's really a wonderful place. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's, 
that's where I got, you know. Yeah, you have a you actually have a wide range of teaching experience in different uh, di- places that serve different communities. Yep. Um, is it? Are you also about to do a workshop for the? Is it uh, the Center for Photography? In Philadelphia? I am. So I'm working with the uh, PPAC or the Philadelphia Photo Arts Center, which is That's a, it. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. a wonderful, um, really incredible place here in Philadelphia mm-hmm. that, you know, UArts has partnered with this year with our students. And we also have, you know, connections with them through the years. But yeah, I'm working on uh, doing a professional practices workshop that's uh, with several other. Uh, photographers and professions professionals in the area. Yeah, I just spoke with uh, Ephraim Zalani Mandel. Yes. He's doing a professional practice. Yeah. Yes, he's leading. He's leading the way on that. So I'm going to be uh, a guest at some point in <laughs> that in that process. I'm really looking forward to that. That's great. Yeah, I'd l- and I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts on the sort of differences in, in teaching those different environments uh, as we move along. But now you're at, at uh, University of the Arts Philly and. When you started there, you started teaching there before you took the 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 book arts entered the book arts program, right? Right. I was doing the continuing education. You know, That's but those, right. those you, were yeah. evening classes, and I did that for several years. But you know, they, you know, I think part of it was that you know you needed I needed my terminal degree in my field, and I didn't right. have my MFA at that point. So once I received my MFA. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to to teach in the undergrad program. And, you know, I've taught various courses in right. photography and across the university. So it's been, it was yeah. been such a learning process and such a wonderful community to be a part of. Well, you're in a, a unique position right now. And I know you can't, uh, having uh, served on search committees myself, I know you can't say a lot yeah. about what's <laughs> happening in a search committee. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, with, with the experience you had with being hired at UArts and now you looking for applicants. How do you see the sort of the, the market now for those academic <laughs> jobs? Right? What's that experience like? Well, you know, I would say that it's been kind of an amazing experience to be part of these search committees, because I've mm. had a chance to interact with with candidates that are so committed to their practice mm-hmm. of being artists, being a teacher, and it's really encouraging. <laughs> I'll be honest with you from the get go. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what's happening in the job market. You know, I would say I'm, I'm looking at it from my university and our community and what we're looking right. for. And every every institution is so different. Every organization has their own culture. And, you know, you have different reasons why you're looking at different candidates. Mm-hmm. But I've been very encouraged by who we've interacted with and who we've had an opportunity to speak with this far. So I think it's a really good thing. And I've also noticed that, you know, sometimes the strongest candidates don't necessarily have a, a traditional academic trajectory. You mm-hmm. know, I think that there's opportunity to be a great teacher and be a great leader and have had other experiences. And so I, I'm trying to open my mind to that a little bit when I'm right. reading CVs and I'm reading cover letters and I'm meeting candidates and I'm thinking about the questions that I want to ask, you know, to make sure that it's a good fit and that this person would be the right the right fit for our program. And, and it's been, it's been a really good experience so far. Yeah, it, it can be, you know, you're, it, it's a lot of personalities, right? Uh, <laughs> when, when you're, when you're on a committee. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, which is, it's good that, you know, there's a lot of different points of view coming into the, the search, but it, it's tough to, um, for everyone to, agree what a good cover letter is or yeah. what a right what like the some of the basic most basic things well it comes be. out I, I think 
it comes out in dialogue and conversation. You mm -hmm. know, I think that's where there's so much revealed about a person. And, you know, you could, you could ask, I mean, there's the art of the question, you know, you can ask a question right. and then, you know, I've been really interested in follow-ups. Like if someone presents something to me, I'm, I'm really interested in a response, you know, mm -hmm. of, of, of why, why now, why here, you know? Um, yeah. So I think that's, that's, that also reveals a lot about a person. But I learned that, you know, I've learned that through teaching as well. And it's, it's taken mm -hmm. years to get there. But, you know, I work with our senior, our photo seniors, and I've been doing that for the last, you know, five years or so. And I remember starting off, I was so... Um, deliberate about, you know, work ethic and, and rigor. And right. these are the things you need to do. And I, and I put us in a box that didn't allow for creative space to happen. And I learned over the years that that's not productive. Mm -hmm. And everyone's an individual, obviously, I mean, I know all teachers probably listening, understand this, all educators, all artists know that, you know, it's like, we, we come to our creative space from different points, you know? Yes. And yeah. And so I, I've been trying to learn how to approach each student individually. And it comes with conversation and actually, you know, a dialogue on a human level of just trying to get to who they are, you mm. know, and to understand what they value, yeah. you know, how they see themselves in the world, you know, all of those things. And I think once I can get to that point with them, it's, you know, inevitable that something magical can happen. I'm an optimist, so I always believe that going into it, but I, I have witnessed it. I've experienced this. And so I know yeah. that it can happen. Yeah. Well, you also have uh, experience as a community college student uh, mm -hmm. and teaching and continuing education and teaching at a community center that people's abilities and how they get to where they want to be can be incredibly different. Absolutely. Uh, and that's what I learned, you know, teaching at a community college is having uh, teaching in an environment that's open enrollment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, just like you said, you know, in another way, sort of meeting the student uh, more than halfway. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree with that. It's nice to hear that from you, too, because, I, you know, I feel a res responsibility to meet the students where they are as individuals. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can certainly provide I'm, I'm there to provide opportunities and resources for them. But I think that, you know, it's about making connections, you know, what their intentions are, what's mm -hmm. the, you know, what's the, you know, the connections between intention and interpretation, allowing them to open themselves up to, you know, right. uncertainties and vulnerabilities oh, yeah. when you're, I mean, we're making, you know, if we're talking about art, we're talking about creative practice, learning not to shy away from or fear failure, you know, or whatever yeah. that means to each person, you know? Um, yeah. Well, and I think a lot of the way we teach, of course, comes through the people we learned from. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, the way we teach is, is also overcoming some of the ways we learned yes. <laughs> from other people, no, right? Yeah. I think we bring those things in, especially when we're uh, new at teaching. Mm -hmm. You know, you, there, our fallback is, this is the way I learned, right? right? And this is how I did it. And this is, you know, uh, you know, I, when I was at the School of Visual Arts, I worked three jobs and every penny went towards photography. Mm. And, you know, I don't, I don't have all photo majors in an art school at a community college. And, mm -hmm. you know, I had to give up expectations that I had for myself, you know, when I was teaching, because was, my students had different lives. Right. Well, I had a, I had a, um, an art credit card. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think it was like 22% interest. It was terrible. Oh and I, and I <laughs> said, you know what, this is for my, my work, Yeah. you know, and I was in my early twenties and I, you know, Oh yeah. 
Well, you know, so I, anyway, that took a while to I pay off. I was the master of transferring balances <laughs> yeah. to new 0% interest cards. Right. <laughs> we do what we got to do, you know. That's right. <laughs> Good. But um, uh, getting back to that, who, who were your mentors? Like, who was, the, who was a teacher that stood out to you? Well, that's an interesting question because I've had, you know, wonderfully encouraging teachers. Mm. Because of my background, you know, of, as you mentioned, community college and then sort of getting a BFA at a liberal arts school and mm -hmm. then my MFA, you know, I, I got my graduate degree where I teach, you know, and so I've, been, I've had these colleagues for years and I would say that my colleagues over the years, you know, have been so influential. I don't know if I have a name to give you, you know, I don't know if there's oh, one yeah, person. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a, it's a collective, you know, it's mm -hmm. mainly because of the diverse teaching environments and opportunities I've been in. You know, I think that that a lot of my, my colleagues and my peers have been instrumental in shaping my teaching mm. philosophy, which is extremely student centric. Mm -hmm. It's creating a space to find and express voice. Yeah. It's really based around community building. And many of my close friends are practicing artists. You know, the people that I in my life that I that I talk to often or spend time with, you know, they're creative thinkers, they're doers. Mm -hmm. And they're keeping me motivated and engaged, you know, because I'm watching them. I'm watching them. I see how they're committed to their practice. And this this encourages me. It pushes me. Yeah. And it makes me hold myself accountable to my own commitment of, you know, right. being an active artist and being an educator and and knowing that they feed each other. You know, mm -hmm. being an artist and being a practitioner feeds how I educate and how I see myself as an educator. You've given us already a, a pretty good idea of the students that you have taught over the years and the kind of students you've taught. What about the, the students at UArts? Where mm -hmm. do they generally come from? Are they, is, it, is it a very diverse community? It is fairly diverse. Um, you know, our students, UArts is an art school, you know, obviously. Mm -hmm. So we serve the art kids, you know, right. we have the, yeah, <laughs> it's, right. re, it's a regional school. And, you know, our program, our photo program, which is in the School of Art, mm -hmm. um, you know, our students are enthusiastic about photography, but they come to the medium from different entry points. You know, we talked about that earlier. Yeah. Uh, many of our students are first generation college students. Oh, yeah. Some have minimal prior visual art experiences. So mm -hmm. that first year, that introduction is, is sometimes, you know, a really important moment for them to think about how they want to approach art making. You know, we've got the, you know, the introduction to elements and principles like 2D, 3D drawing, right, right. you know, analog, digital photo courses. But, you know, the students are dedicated, the students mm. that I've, you know, had the privilege to work with are, are dedicated. I've found that over the years, you know, the level of engagement can vary. And I've witnessed it vary from student oh, to yeah. student. And it, <laughs> it depends on the year of study, too. I've had students, you know, I've been in a unique position where I, I get to work with students their first year and then their, mm -hmm. and then their last year. Oh, um, yeah. See, I don't is, get to do that. Yeah. I, get, I get the first two years, which I love. Yeah. I love the first two years. Uh, but uh, I know I have to wait until they graduate their four year to, you know, to, to reconnect and see how they did. <laughs> but what, a, what an amazing position you're in, because you're, mm -hmm. you're working with, you know, them at a very fundamental level, which oh, is, is some of the is one of the most important po entry points. Yep. I think, you know? Yeah. I, and I do. I do. I, I really embrace it. I really appreciate it. Uh, especially when a student comes back and says something like, oh, now I get it. Now, yeah. I, now I see why you were saying all those like, things. Like, I remember what Michael said. <laughs> yes. 
It resonates with them. Sometimes it That's takes right. a few years and you it don't does. know. I mean, we, we don't always, I feel like as an educator too, we don't, we don't know the impact that we make, you know, no, um, no, yeah. in, it, in real time. Great, it is a great responsibility. It is a great um, responsibility. And, and as, you know, as I get older and I, I, as I, as I've gained more teaching experience, I realize the most important role I have in that first year, especially is, you know, is to be motivational, is to, mm-hmm. is to help students, you know, learn to care about their own education. I mean, there's some real fundamental things uh, you have to do in that first year. Yeah, well, it's, it sounds like they're lucky that they have that experience with you, because I think that is an important role. Um, and mm-hmm. that, that will sort of shape the way they, you know, their education proceeds, you know, like what they what they decide to do and how they do it. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I found that. So I teach seminar courses also. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a roundtable. It used to be me in front of the class and the students, you know, as a lecture, but we decided, you know, this is really a seminar. It's about it's about a conversation. And so Mm -hmm. we do readings and we have some creative writing exercises and things like that to really think about the important role of photography in our lives. And I, I think that that's such a great opportunity, but I always go into class and I think, okay, I'm going to have three hours with these students. Like it's, I got to make this count, you know? Yeah. I, and I think about that every time I go into a classroom that, you know, we have this, you know, we have this time together every week and I want to make it count. You know, it's mm-hmm. important to me and, and I, and I think it's important to them. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> I mean, it's their education, you know, I, so, yeah. I mean, I found that, there's students that want to take a deeper dive, you know, there's some that want to want to go deeper mm-hmm. within the medium of photography or their art making or how they think about, you know, being critical thinkers or how they analyze the world around them. And then there's others that, you know, skim the surface. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I always want to make sure that I don't, don't let go or neglect or not, not give the attention to the students they deserve that the ones that are skimming the surface. Cause sometimes no, they just I know. need, yeah. sometimes yeah. they need a little nudge in a direction or yep. they might need resources that they don't even realize they need, you know, or right. an emphasis on something other than what they've experienced up to that point in their education. And, and so I think, you know, I'm always, you know, I'm always considering that and I'm learning every day, obviously, you know, we always, we're learning at the same time, same time they are. <laughs> Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And even even if you have students who kind of roll their eyes at the more conceptual elements mm-hmm. of art, hopefully the energy in that room and around that round table is enough to make them realize that at least it's something to try. Right. At least yeah. it's something to to experiment with. Right. And if they don't, you know, and if they don't want to move in that direction, at least they've had that experience. You yes. know, they can make the decision opposed to it being, you know something in theory, you know, they're just, they're thinking about it and they haven't tried it. So, I mean, you know, I would say our program at UArts really, we have a very, you know, technical component of our program because we believe Mm -hmm. that skill building is something that, you know, they need to know obviously as photographers, but we also have a very creative space for them to Mm -hmm. develop. And then we have a, you know, theory and history. And um, so those are also parts that we're trying to to negotiate through this, through this experience, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, one of the, one of the things I, so I think I'm still learning is when you, when you're introducing students to the idea of critique and speaking about their work, that's not based on form and technical elements, trying mm-hmm. to get them, you know, to have that conversation, but then move beyond that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be careful that you're not, you're not presenting it in a way where they feel like, there's a right answer. And if they jump through this hoop, they'll get a good grade, right? Like, right. Yeah. like I, I, it's, it's tough because 
I give certain guidelines and rules, but I also, you know, have to be careful that I'm not providing some kind of formula mm. where they're, you know, they think this is what I want to hear. <laughs> it is a very fine line. Yeah. Right. No, I think that that's an important thing. I've, um, I've tried a lot of different approaches to critique, as I'm sure mm -hmm. you have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because it's such a big part of what we do. I mean, think uh -huh. about the amount of the percentage of time that we spend evaluating and looking and, and talking mm. about work is, is a, is a, you know, high percentage. So, and it, particularly right. with students, with my seniors, you know, that's, that's what we do. <laughs> we have a lot of one-on-ones. I spend 30 to 45 minutes with each one a week. And then we mm -hmm. have group critiques and we have small groups where we discuss work. And, you know, I, I've tried a lot of things over the years and I've found that at least once a semester, I, I try to do the Liz Lerman technique. I don't know if you know this. Liz, no. Liz Lerman is a choreographer. And oh. I found this technique years ago, and, and I've used it in continuing ed programs. I've used it in pre-college, and I've used it in my college with my, with my seniors. And I haven't been that consistent with it, but every time I do use it, it, it really brings up different perspectives. And it's, it's a really good a good moment to think about your work critically. So it's called the critical response process. And basically the synopsis of it is uh, it combines the power of questions mm -hmm. with uh, the focus and challenge of a dialogue, right? So the process offers makers an active role in the critique of their own work. And it focuses on the connections that they seek when, you know, art meets its audience or a product meets its purpose. Hmm. So there's three roles, basically. So in the room, so what I do is I usually have students, once we put the work up, I have students take about 10 minutes, which seems like an eternity. Yes, um, especially to, if they're quiet. If you're, and they are. <laughs> so like, just quiet. We're yes. going to observe. We're going to look at everyone's work. Let's not, you know, mm -hmm. no judgment yet. Like, don't, don't talk to each other. Let's just spend some time. And yes. we do that for about 10 minutes. And then the role, there's three roles. So it's the artist maker. There's a responder who's the student. And then there's a facilitator, which is usually me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's four basic steps within this process. So after you've observed the work, there's the statement of meaning, which is the first step. And so the responder or the student states what is meaningful or what they find interesting or exciting or evocative about the work. Right. Okay. And then the second step is the artist as the questioner. So the artist asks questions about the work. Okay, and in answering, the students stay on topic with the question. So it really allows the, the artist to, you know, have a little bit more power in, in the way that the critique is, is, con is constructed and how it's I moving. like that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. The third step's a little tricky, and it gets, you know, it's a little bit more challenging, but I think it's a fundamental part of it. It's the neutral question, which it's really hard to have a <laughs> neutral question. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. But the students ask a neutral question about the work. And the artist responds and the questions, you know, are not, you know, around an opinion of sorts, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it is a trickier part. And then the last part of it is the opinion time. And so responders or the students state opinions about the work. And I always recommend to students that try not to, the best of your ability, to not respond to the work as how you would approach making this work. Right. Right. It's thinking about the student. And that last step is important that it comes at the end. Because a lot of the other, you know, preconceived ideas about what may be said or how someone responds is sort of already negotiated through the other step. So anyway, mm -hmm. it sounds very formulaic. It doesn't have no, to be no, that. It, yeah. It, it, I think I actually do a lot of that, except I really love the 
uh, artist as questioner, mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to start including that. Yeah, because it helps them lead it in a way or take it in a direction, mm -hmm. you know, that, that they may feel you know, that they want, that they want to move towards. And, but then there's right. still an opportunity for it to go other places, which we always hope will happen in a critique. You, you don't want to assume that you know how each critique is going to play out, you know? Yeah, yeah. I always talk about sort of stages of uh, learning to talk about photographs. Um, you know, in, in, in first year, it's, it's, you know, it's mostly a very personal response, and I, and I, which is valid. I always say, let's do that. Let's talk about the personal responses. Mm -hmm. And then let's see if we can get to, well, what does it remind you of other things? Does it, you know, is there something you've read? Is there something you've seen? Is it, and then, and then, you know, I, a lot of you are taking photo history. Uh, uh, you know, I bet you remember this or that, you know, and, and try to get there. But yeah, that idea of a, a student directed uh, question or way of, the student, you know, the, the student has an idea of, of what they were trying to do, and then they can help the critique through their questions. That's a really interesting yeah. way to approach it. And I think also the reference points, you know, what you're talking mm -hmm. about in critique, I think we do often reference um, very established artists. I know when I started teaching, I, you know, I had a whole list of artists, photographers that I'm looking at. And if someone's making work that's similar, I would recommend right. them, you know, so for instance, you know, I'm just thinking about Carrie Mae Weems, you know, and, mm -hmm. and her incredible kitchen series. And we all My students love the kitchen. Yeah, kitchen it's, table it's an series. amazing project. It. And, yeah. it, and it talks about so many so many things. There's so many layers to that work. And I think for them, it's accessible, right? Mm -hmm. There's something accessible about the having that experience, talking about personal experience of sitting around the kitchen table with your family. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a lot of things that it's, it's speaking about. You know, I've had, we do a, a genealogy paper and I've had students, hmm. you know, bring, just to bring up Carrie Mae Weems. And I think talking about, you know, the constructed or the staged photograph, you know, that's one part of it. But, you know, also speaking about being a, you know, a black woman in America yeah. is another thing. And it's, it's pretty profound um, on that level to speak about the work beyond exactly, you know, what we see on the surface of that work, which maybe a decade ago, we would have talked about one way. But you know, now I think it's really important to to talk about all aspects of the work. And so we have this genealogy paper that we do with our critical study or critical issues class with our photographers. And we ask them to choose, you know, 10, 10 photographers or visual artists or, you know, not or, but and uh, mm -hmm. writers, anything that's been very influential in their development as an artist, you know, within the medium and their practice and the direction of the work. And it's really fascinating to see that collectively from a student, you know, it's like their artist right. family tree and it's, <laughs> and it's where they started, you know, the, the first artist that they remember being intrigued with or reading about or experiencing it. Mm. And then all the way until, you know, where they are right now. And it's very purposeful. It's very intentional. But it's interesting to see the, the diverse nature of, of what comes from that project, because it it's really is about growing. You know, mm -hmm. it's about evolving. And you really see that through this series. And it's an exciting moment, I think, for them, but also, you know, for us as educators to be able to to kind of be on this journey with them. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. What did you call that project, a genealogy? Yeah, it's a genealogy paper. And I so, like yeah, yeah, they start with 10. We, we just do number, you know, we like to do around mm -hmm. 10. You know, I try not to be too steadfast about things. I like <laughs> some flexibility and yes. and how students approach work. And, and, then we, and then we get it down to five. And then they ultimately research and talk about five. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think this gives them a chance to see their trajectory, how their creative flow has has uh, progressed over the years, because they do this in their, you know, their 
later, like junior, senior year. Oh, okay. And then just, you know, also the idea of mimicking, you know, yes. I think, you know, mimicking I has love po- mimicking. Yeah, it yes. has potential to direct them to their own authentic voice, you know? Absolutely. All the time they think they're, they're kind of uh, copying something. They're really just uh, exploring new avenues for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, an exciting that's thing. one of my. Fa- that was so in, in the favorite assignment uh, category. That is one of my favorites. Yeah, we also do. <laughs> I've been implementing more writing in our classes oh. too, um, because we just started a capstone paper in our program mm-hmm. last year, where students are, you know, they have a, a senior workshop class where they're making their thesis. So it ultimately is culminates in a public exhibition, a portfolio, mm-hmm. um, you know, and which is pretty typical, you know, of a, of a thesis. Um, and then right. they also write a paper, which is a research paper and it's done in segments and mm-hmm. um, to kind of gear them up on, on how to do some creative writing. I use, and you may know this text. I've, I know folks that have been using it. It's Anne West um, mapping the intelligence of artists work. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 yeah and it's a really fantastic text and we uh-huh. use writing exercises in class and workshop that, um, you know, sometimes we'll have class where we don't look at images, but we're writing and we're talking right. about images. Well, I, have, and, I haven't looked at that in a while. And one of the reasons is, uh, one of the most difficult things I've I've had something that I, I have not been able to fully integrate into Mercer is the writing part. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of students who are pre-college in terms of English and math in my classes, and it's uh, you know writing is is difficult <laughs> for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I I keep the writing to a minimum. I like I, I you know I have them write about their projects, you know, to introduce their projects and things like that, but. Yeah. It is something I've tried many sort of different avenues of journals and, uh, like I said, projects. Um, but I haven't had a, a lot of, um, I would say, success with. Short answers, yes. Like when we do readings, mm-hmm. I pose a series of questions and I have them reflect on the, the essays, things like that. And, and that, that tends to go very well. But when it comes to, to longer uh, essays, uh, that's, I have a lot of trouble with that. Yeah, I mean, our capstone paper, it's it's three segments. So there's a Mm -hmm. research component, there's sort of like mapping of influences, um, there's development of the work, there's process and material. Mm. So you get to talk about the different parts of how you approach a thesis. And you know, these students have been, yeah, yeah. yeah. so it makes it a little bit more manageable and approachable, Mm -hmm. opposed to saying you need to write a, you know, a 10 page thesis. (laughs) And where do you start with something like that? So I think the steps you know, allowing them to provide them with with steps along mm-hmm. the way of how to build it. I also use, you know, poetry in my classes. So for instance, mm. um, Philadelphia, you know, Sonia Sanchez, um, you know, I just I really love her writing. And I've, I've introduced that into my classes, particularly her haiku. Mm-hmm. And because it's so visual, like when I read her work, it's such I have such a visual experience from that. And so I'll, I'll bring other writers into our classes to sort of talk about, um, you know, image, you know, Mm -hmm. image and text and how not, you know, how they inform each other, how language can be used as an imaginative place or as a descriptive place. And so we talk about the different ways of approaching language and words and, you know, the, I try to steer away from the formulaic, you know, artist statement um, because I, I mean, I have, I just, we're trying a lot of different things and I have some great colleagues that I work with. That's uh, Jordan Rockford's one of them. That's really, 
you know, pushing that forward and finding, you know, helping students find a voice in their in their words, what they want to say about mm. their work, because it's a challenging place. And it is. We're and visual people. Statements are kill, can be so killer. I yeah. mean, it's kind of like cover letters yeah. in the search committee. It's uh, such a wide range. Well, of, you, you want uh, it. Yeah. yeah, you want the statement or the, you know, we, we call them project statements, but, you mm-hmm. know, we want the project statements to reflect the personality of, of the of the person, the maker, the artist, but also Absolutely. of the work itself, you know? Yeah. And so that's a, it's a delicate balance. It's a fine, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, a place that it's difficult to get there. It takes some time, right. you know, it takes time to get there. So. Absolutely. You know, you just, you just reminded me of something um, in terms of implementing things that you are the interim director. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you sort of made decisions for your, for yourself that also impact the program? Oh, is that part of your role as director to say, let's try doing more of this? Let's, you know, uh, see where we can work on. Yeah. I mean, I think that, and I've done this collaboratively, you know, mm-hmm. as a collaboration oh, yeah, no, no. with my, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take now. over this. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally not my personality. Anyone that knows me listening to this, right. like, yeah. <laughs> and it was too easy. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we've introduced some interesting curriculum over the last year, and some of mm. it's a reflection of COVID, obviously. We've we've had to right. bring in some more lecture-oriented courses. Um, mm. We have a ACAD fellow, Steph Foster, that works with us over the last couple of years, and he taught a, a power of photography course that really was able to speak to, you know, some things that, some challenging content that I think it's important for students to know about in photography. We've you know, been working with our history of photography course, um, as many other institutions are doing to decolonize the curriculum and introducing other voices that are, you know, such an important part of that history that, that need to come to the surface and that it's an important part of that. So those are things that the faculty have been, have been doing really well. And I am in full support and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, also our voices that we've had come in in the last two years or three years, the work that we show in our gallery, you know, right. the guest speakers that we have come in, our guest critics that we have come in. We're really trying to, you know, invite voices from various areas of the art world mm-hmm. because our students are so diverse in the way that they approach photography. And you can see that, you know, we have a, we just launched a website. It's UArts Photo 2021. <laughs> and you should check out the website because you can see there's 22 graduating seniors that their work is, is just, it's so individualized and, mm. it's, and it's each so unique and their approach is so different from each hey, other. Do you have them uh, applying to the MFA portfolio review? Yes, that, uh, I'm a I part just, of and our friend Eric Kunzman. Yes, our friend Eric, I did. Members. I sent them information <laughs> about that and um, we've been posting it on our social media as well. Oh, good. So I'll do a, I'll make sure you do a follow-up. That's a great a great plug for that. <laughs> and uh, and your students. Yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I mean, that's great to bring up. You know, we also want to connect all of our students with, you know, what what comes after they graduate, you know? I mean, yeah. I work pretty closely with some of our alum and want to make sure that we're providing opportunities when, when we get them too mm-hmm. for that, for our students. So, right. You would have been there when CJ Harker came through, right? My yeah. former yeah. student mm-hmm. CJ. Yeah. And we, we know CJ, CJ actually took my, my portrait for, ah. yeah, oh, for the, for the um, types for the website on the UART. So oh, wow. thank you CJ for that. I mean, that was years <laughs> ago. I need to 
I've had a few well, more gray hairs now, so I need to. Well, I need to. And, um, and he's part of uh, <laughs> the. Um, oh boy, I'm black. Halide. The the, ha- the Halide project, and yeah, with the yeah. Uh, sort of community darkroom gallery. It's uh, a wonderful area. space, yeah. and um, yes. yeah, we've been. They're doing a um, September festival, photo festival in Philadelphia, and mm-hmm. um, so we've been in, in contact with them about that. Really excited to to see what what comes from that. It's it's great. I've been attending some of their talks over the year, and our students. Yeah are able to to interact and participate in those as well. So yeah, it's it's really wonderful. We have some great alum that come from yep. you know out of U Arts and they're doing you know, I'm excited when they when they stay in the region and the area. Yes. You know? <laughs> it's also nice when they they come back, right? Mm-hmm. And and you can catch up with them and, and really we, yeah. track their progress. We do invite yeah. them. I mean, I would say this semester we've had at least four of our alum come back. They've done mm-hmm. workshops, they've given talks about their work, they've talked about their you know, their first year out of college. Um, we want to introduce them to our current students. We yes. have, you know, they're very engaged in what's happening in Philadelphia. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of them are opening their own studios and um, they're entrepreneurs. So absolutely, it's, it's yeah, really I, I exciting. Yeah. Uh, once students uh, graduate four year, I like to bring them back and have them talk to my photo two class. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and this year's been... <laughs> I don't know if I can say there's, you know, what else can we say about this past year? I know. Right? You know, I mean, I don't even want to go there, but it's you like, know, this it's, year's been dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, our students really persevered, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. we, we had some lulls in the year, you know, you can't, everything's not great all the time, you know, nope. but, nope, and it nope. can't be. And you also, as an educator, can't provide everything to everyone. You do, you do what you can do. And, and we all have our own obstacles and challenges that we're facing, you know, on yes. our own, you know, oh, on boy, our own. Yeah. Managing but you, expectations. Manage, so yeah, managing expectations. Of, and, of, the, um, of the students and yourself. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And taking care of yourself and hoping mm-hmm. they take care of themselves and providing, you know, space for them to do that. And, but, you know, another thing we've done in our program that I've been really proud of is that we've partnered throughout this year with organizations. So for instance, I mentioned earlier, the Philadelphia Photo Arts Center, mm-hmm. You know, one of our alum, Keith Yarling, who's, you know, a great photographer, he, he is the master printer there. So we, you know, we use the facilities at PPAC, we partnered with them. So our students were able to print because oh, wow. you know, we were completely remote, you know, our mm-hmm. buildings we weren't, didn't have access to. And we also partnered with Photo Lounge on, we processed, you know, they process all of our students' film. Wow. Um, and we, we, we provided that for our students because we found, you know, the importance of students starting their photographic career at UArts in the School of Art shooting film. And so yes. we made sure that we we gave them that resource. And uh, Photo Lounge was fantastic to work with. And so we now have a, rela- a really good relationship with Photo Lounge and with PPAC. And we've worked with, for years with the Prince Center in Philadelphia. And, you know, we, we really love Halide. And so mm-hmm. these partnerships... It, you know, this, this is what I, when I, at the, at the top of the hour, when I talked about community building, yeah. you know, that's, that's something that's always been really important to me as an artist, but also as an educator, you know, this is something that, you know, these connections that we don't live in a bubble <laughs> that exactly. we need, yes. we need each other <laughs> and also, we're stronger together. Yeah, no, that's it. Right. It's, it's not just good for the university and your students. It's also good for these organizations. Yeah. Um, I, I've been so yeah. surprised at how open folks have been in our Philadelphia community, you know, just giving lectures and, mm-hmm. you know, some are opening up their spaces now to students and their studios and they're providing resources for them. And 
you know, it's, it's a, the community is strong. I think yes. that's important to, that we've been able to maintain that and that we're participants in it, you know, mm -hmm. that we're active participants. I, as an artist, you know, I, I've often been sort of DIY in the way that I approach <laughs> my work or showing my work. You know, I was yeah. for a long time a part of Vox Populi Collective here in Philadelphia oh, sure. for yeah. years. And I would say that was a profound experience because I feel like is what graduate school offered to me, Vox offered something more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, just the experience of working with 20 some artists, you know, on this creative journey and this mission of, of showing really interesting work and making work and right. you know, trying well, and experimenting. And on that know. note, mm -hmm. um, with teaching, with being interim director, how has it been with <laughs> COVID? How has it been trying to make work? Well, you know, that scale is often shifting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it obviously depends on the, on the time of year. This has been mm -hmm. very demanding year um, in mm. a lot of ways. And because I took on this role and, and I'm happily a parent, I have two, two young kids, which is, which is incredible and, mm -hmm. um, you know, offers so much to my life and I love it. And so, you know, the studio is, is not something, and I do have a studio space uh, here in Philadelphia, which I love. Um, so I don't get there as often because, you know, there's been other priorities that have taken precedent yeah. here and I'm, I have a strong work ethic and I know when I need to get certain things done, but I will tell you that I work every day. I do hmm. a little something every day and it depends on, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm in my studio or if I'm at home, but I do believe that, you know, I have to, if I'm going to be as strong or evolve as an educator and I have to serve my students in the best possible way, mm -hmm. I feel actually that I need to, you know, being a practitioner is essential to this progression. Oh, so I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think from being aware or confident of, you know, technology or understanding various processes, I'm, I'm trying all these things, you know, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. reading, I'm keeping up with what's happening in temporary art and what's going on in the photography world. So I, you know, I do something every day, you know, I do little, and I call them kind of small gestures, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's yeah. like, you know, it's, it's sometimes just, it's a response to something, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, um, with hopes that it'll lead me somewhere when the time is right, you know, and if I pay attention, it does sometimes. So I spend right. like 10 to 10 to 30 minutes a day responding or reacting to a photograph or an image I may have taken or pulled from my, I may have taken that day or I might pull it from my archive. And these mm -hmm. gestures reflect, you know, the experience of my day in many ways. I primarily do them in the evening, you know, after all the other work is on pause, you know, and right. I have, I have some time where I can just focus and I rely on chance a lot in my work. I rely on iteration and I try not to overthink the process and, you know, these materials and approaches add up. And when I can put my full attention to my studio time, <laughs> You know, sometimes on those, you know, those Saturday afternoons, which is great. I can walk to my studio. Uh -huh. You know, I consider what has developed in these processes, these daily sort of attributes of making and observing and responding. And I, I kind of go into the studio with, with that in mind. And I kind of use that as a jumping off point. But I'd say personally as an artist, and this, this might be cliche, but maybe it, it is for a reason. You know, I, <laughs> I've learned to trust in my intuition and, and to trust in these small acts that I do and these mm. little steps of this creative process. And I, I make sure that I take the time that I need 
but don't focus too much on looking back a little bit. I look back mm -hmm. at past projects and experiments and tests from time to time because I feel like this allows for me to move forward in a productive way. I mean, that's not a popular comment. I, I've, I've gotten some, some interesting feedback from, from people about that, but I do, I do look back because I think that I'd, I work so much in iteration and I don't want to be too repetitive, but I mm -hmm. know that I follow a thread in my work and I want to be confident as I follow that thread, you know, yeah. and re-examining or re-evaluating things from time to time is, is really a uh, an important part of my process. I've, I've learned that over the, just the last few years. I probably should have known that a long time ago, but <laughs> I've just come to it, you know? Like well, I said, learning no, I, learning each day as I move along here. <laughs> right. No, I don't think I don't think that comes naturally <laughs> in many ways to artists because it's always about the next thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've ha you know, I, I lived that way myself. I just kept making, making, making. And it's only it's only in the past few years that I'm really going back and looking at the much older work and thinking about how it's all connected. Mm -hmm. um, and it is. In fact, I used to be worried that I would repeat myself. And now I mm -hmm. actually look fondly on the number of photos I've made that are pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning I thought that was important. <laughs> it is. I mean, I, you know, yeah. if I, I just believe that... If, if something's calling you or you're, you know, you're following something mm -hmm. be because you're interested in it, you're feeling motivated by it, you know, right. why pause that or halt, halt it? Like, just go with it, you yep. know, just go with it and see where it can take you. I mean, what's it going to hurt? You know, I mean, unless right. it is, right. you know, it's designed to, to hurt someone or affect something That's in a right. negative way. But if it's right. not, it's something, a practice you're doing in your studio, mm -hmm. you know, why not, why not follow it and see see what happens with it. So I am very much into chance right now. That's my, that's my motto. I'm like happenstance. Mm. I'm going with it. Um, if it feels good, I'm following it. You know, that's just that. And I don't know if it's just come after this very, you know, difficult year. Yes. Right. Um, it might be part of it. I think, I think it is. I yeah, think it I is. Think, I'm, I'm doing think, all kinds of little mm -hmm. experimental things right now that I, I don't, I've, I have no idea what's going to come of the things I'm doing right now, but I'm just doing them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's been a, a shape shifting time for for a lot of us mm -hmm. so it'll 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 be years before we realize these you know what we've experienced here um and how absolutely. we respond so and we'll see it in our students work too mm -hmm. yeah. oh yeah absolutely yeah uh, that, i think that's a, a great note to end on uh did i miss anything in terms of uh things that might be coming up for you let's see i i just i'm doing an artist residency at a a philadelphia sort of club called the fitler club which is um, myself and 16 other artists. So I'll be presenting work there, which will be up for a year. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of exciting. Yeah, that's, and then I'm, I'm part of a, a gallery called Paris, Texas, LA, which is oh, that's in right. Los, Los yes. Angeles. So I'm hoping that, you know, once we can all be back in person, that we have some, some exhibitions. Right. So I'm hoping that'll be something that'll develop soon. And yes, I, I recently received a great honor, which, you know, I only bring it up because, you know, this segment is really about teaching, you know, uh -huh. teaching and, and being an artist. But I was given the great honor of, of getting a teaching award this year. Oh, congrats. I, thanks. I just received that at commencement. Thank you. Yeah, it was oh, so amazing. unexpected and, and um, just an amazing thing to receive that from, you know, faculty and students. That No, that's especially... This, you know, this past year, I think that's very meaningful. It yeah. was, it's very meaningful. So that has been, mm -hmm. I've been on that, that cloud on that high for a while. And 
<laughs> Good. <laughs> I've been excited about that. But but as far as my artwork goes, yeah, I'm just I'm getting some time in the studio this summer. Um, mm-hmm. I have some new new works I'm doing working with and working on a um, sort of a collection of images that'll hopefully be a, a book and an artist book nice. as I move forward. So that's that's what I'm doing this summer and looking forward to spending time with my family. Yeah, <laughs> you know, being not being you know under the the clock of uh uh-huh. deadlines. So that's that's uh what's what's in my Pl- future. Any here. travel plans? We're doing some small trips here and there. We like yep. to kayak. We like to be on oh, a river, nice. so we tend to move towards the river right. <laughs> in the in the warmer <laughs> months. And uh, I'm hoping to get go down south uh, to visit family. Mm-hmm. You know, we we often go to California in the summers. I'm not sure if we're quite ready to get our kids on a plane yet, but, yes, but maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So well, we're we're gonna drive. I have two young children as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 13 and nine. Okay. How about yours? Uh, seven and 11. Oh, very close. Yeah. yeah. So Except, not, uh, just not vaccination. You know, they can't get their say. vaccines yet. <laughs> we have one vaccinated. Oh, okay. uh, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I think, I think, uh, the younger kids will be soon. Uh, yeah. So that'll be good. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna head down to Tennessee. Uh, we rented a house in the Smoky Mountains and we're Ooh. gonna visit Dollywood. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Um, I had a friend that lived in, the town where Aramont School of Crafts is um, mm-hmm. and would visit her often there and around Dollywood. Dolly Parton nice. does some great stuff for that, that community. Sevier County, right? Yep. Yep. That's mm-hmm. it will be. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate the invitation. It's great talking to you. And, and you thanks too. for all the, the work that you do in the photo community. And oh, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, I really appreciate all of that. It's great to, to be here with you today. Well, uh, thanks again. And bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Real Photo Show with Michael Chauvin Dalton is a production of Real Photo Show, which you can listen to on all your favorite podcast platforms. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and be sure to subscribe on any one of those services or wherever you listen to podcasts.